Hello and welcome back to the No Limits Podcast with Rick. Hope you're having an awesome day so far. Thank you very much for tuning in. And coming into today's topic, I'm going to be discussing a method that I have got better at over the years. And by default of improving this method, I have greatly enhanced my consistency in the gym, my consistency with my routine, whether that is you know, sleep, getting my steps in, getting my daily sunlight, all that good stuff. And of course, my nutrition as well. And by achieving and progressing through this method, I've found my peace of mind and confidence, not only with my physique endeavors, the training, the nutrition, the routine, but in all other areas of life too, including you know work life, relationships, and all the like. So the goal with today's podcast is to hopefully reinforce that you might already be using this method, and that's awesome, and this will just reinforce that you're on the right track, or you might be struggling with this method, um, and this awareness from today's podcast can potentially help you overcome some obstacles and challenges and just be a you know more well-rounded individual when life gets chaotic because at the end of the day life is chaos things will always go against us and more often than not it's not about what happens to us it's about how we respond to these that these events that really dictates the progress that we make and what we are able to achieve so i'm going to break through these methods uh, to breaking through plateaus and this actually came to mind from a, a very interesting unfortunate circumstance that happened in the gym and a lot of the method that I'm talking about here will be about turning negatives into positives so at the gym the other day training legs and usually when I train legs I'm pretty robotic I don't really want to talk to anyone I'm just in my zone I've finally broken through the plateau of hitting my 200 kilo goal on the remaining deadlifts. But as always, you know, once we hit a goal, we set the new bar and uh, we continue moving forward. Because last time I hit 200 on the RDL, I learned a very valuable lesson. I had not slept well the night before. I think I got maybe four hours. Now, usually I would suggest if we've really, really underslept best to just rest take the additional rest day then get back in the gym when you're next ready to to hit the session because oftentimes if we train and we're extremely underslept the risk of injury does increase dramatically uh, and we're likely not going to perform as well as we would if we were well slept still every day i'm blown away by how much sleep can drastically change the way i perform recover feel like a good night's sleep and then all of a sudden my joints and aches and pains just completely go away. So I went into the session and this was when I was a personal trainer in person. So under the pump, needed to really rush a session, underslept to get to a client's uh, session. And I just rushed my build-up sets. I just jumped from, I think I went like 60, 140, 180, and then went into 200 slowly lowered the weight down as soon as I lifted it up I did not feel ready at all my body was just like no you needed more warm-up sets but I still just went through with it went all the way down with the first rep and then just felt a pop in my left hamstring and it was not a good feeling it was a pop and then like a rip and I knew straight away I've done something fucked up re-racked the weight and yeah a slight tear in the hamstring 
which was giving me dramas for probably a year or two afterwards. And just recently, like I've noticed, it's been a whole lot better. So then RDL's back in the plan of attack. We've had the same, well, me and my coach Joe have had the same program for three mesocycles. So basically at the moment I'm doing five weeks on, one week off. So that's 15 weeks on the same program. And it's been a lot of fun. We've been, I've been very gradual with my progressions, no more than two and a half kilos at a time. And we secure that 200 kilos. So I was wrapped with that. And then next movement I had after securing those RDLs was the hack squat. And whilst I was doing my build-up sets, this guy was already on the hack squat. He, unfortunately, he had the band wrapped around the hack. If you w- listen, if you watch my stories on Instagram, you know my thoughts about wrapping bands on the any machine. We want the tension to be in the stretch position. We want the, the, the negative portion of the rep, especially at the bottom of a hack squat. That's where the greatest hypertrophy stimulus is. And what the bands do is it takes away that stimulus. Now, if you have like major knee issues and you're not dive bombing your negatives with no tension on the target muscle and just flying the weight down, or you're placing your feet so low that as you get to the bottom, your heels rise up and you still have knee issues, then I would say, okay, maybe there might be some validity to using a band, but only for a very short duration of time. We don't want to be robbing ourselves of gains. So this guy had the band on, and I think he did, I think a total of probably 10 sets. And I was just watching him waiting for the hack to come free. And the way he was going about his reps was very blase, half-assed, and just about 10 reps away from failure every time. And then eventually he got off the hack squad. And now, like gym etiquette, of course, I think for sure it's always a good idea like most people are very open to it like the gyms are open space we're all allowed to be there just as much as each other and nine times out of ten i'll ask the work in and i think there's no shame in doing so especially if like they're on a similar movement but just because he had the bands i think um it was just going to be a little bit of a pain so eventually after hogging the machine for bloody 45 minutes he got off and he just left the weights there. And not much grinds my gears more than that. Just no respect for anyone else in the gym. Just leaving your weights on the, the um, machines that you use. And like I mentioned on my Instagram story that day, if you leave weights on the machines and just for someone else to take them off, you might as well just run across a busy freeway blindfolded because you're an asshole. <laughs> and it's... It's fucking annoying. But anyway, so use that as a bit of like an opportunity where this sort of delves into the method here where life happens, a circumstance was dealt my way. I could have very easily just been very emotional and gone up to the guy and just basically told him what I thought. And um, I sent him on Instagram, maybe practice my jujitsu moves and see if they still work. But then the response was just passive aggressively look his way, take the weight plates off, no need to get too hyped up about it. And then just use that aggression, controlled aggression uh, for my set. And then I ended up having a really, really good set, progressed really nicely and it all worked out. So 
that basically delves into like what the theme of today's podcast is and where the um, the thought came from there. So life happens to us and more often than not, like mentioned, our response is what determines the, the outcome and it's not about what actually happens to us. So I used to struggle with this heaps and I think like whenever you're going through a new journey, you're going to probably find this is something you struggle with. Um, I used to struggle heaps with just always waiting for that clear run, always wanting everything to be perfect. And then as soon as something didn't go my way, it's like, all right, I'll just, um, you know, write it off for the rest of the week. Maybe I have a one shit training session and it's like, oh, now I'm just pessimistic. All my sessions are going to suck. What's the point? Why are you even trying? Um, And waiting for the perfect time, like this podcast, I wrote it down in my notes for like, three years and I never started it and waiting for the perfect time is just not a good way to go about things because I always think about it like we've only got one life and far out is so short and I was talking to a friend the other day about a friend of hers unfortunately came over from her, her, her travels and it was something she always wanted to do and then she passed away with no um, I don't even think they worked out what it was once she got home and Things like that really set the tone of like, oftentimes if we just wait for the perfect time, it just doesn't happen. The sooner we get started on something, the sooner we can go through the learning curve of overcoming these challenges that life will deliver us. And then we get better at managing these things. And this actually is quite similar to a Instagram story that I shared today. Thanks to Alex Hormozy, who I probably share way too often on my Instagram stories, but he really is a great follow. His perspective on everything is absolutely unreal. So Alex Hormozy, definitely worth a follow. And any of his podcasts, he's done some with Chris Williamson on Modern Wisdom, one of my favorite podcasts, absolutely amazing. And highly recommend listening into all his podcasts with um, Alex Hormozy. So the quote was, excellence comes from sucking, then doing it again, trying to suck less, still sucking, but doing a little better, then trying again. And you keep trying until there's nothing that sucks about what you do at all. Then you'll be good and people will ask you how it came so easy. So it's a great reflection of embracing that things are gonna be hard when we first start out something new. You've got a new goal, maybe you wanna strive for some you know, extra body fat loss. Maybe you wanna go into your first ever growth focused building phase and it can be scary. And you're probably going to suck. And this might even be you're starting up martial arts. You might be going into a new role at work. You might actually just have got a new partner. And these things are are new territories and things that can be very challenging. But we learn as we go and we learn more through the things that we do than by planning. As I mentioned in previous podcasts, planning the thing isn't doing the thing. Talking about doing the thing isn't doing the thing. The only thing that's doing the thing is doing the thing. And procrastination, another killer. If we just procrastinate, wait for the perfect time, waiting for a clear run, we're never going to be consistent over the long run. And this is why fad diets suck because they're not set up for us to apply them over the course of our life. If we can't do something for at least the biggest duration of our life what's the point in doing it because then when we stop we have got we're in no man's land again so um one thing that i used to always do too is just let 
and my emotions and how I felt dictate my action. And I feel like this is something that it's an amateur move. It's very reactive. And if we're emotional, we're usually not logical either. You might find this happens when you're maybe super stressed out, maybe you haven't slept really well and you're a bit more emotional and you're in a fat loss phase and you just end up straying off plan consistently because you just play into your emotions and how you feel. You're hungry, you're agitated, you sleep deprived and then you emotionally make that decision. But maybe you've got the goal of getting leaner, losing body fat, getting stronger in the gym, being the best version of yourself. And that decision aligns more with emotion and being in the moment rather than logic, which would say, okay, I'm having a bit of a shit day. Just take it for what it is. Stick to your guns. Better day tomorrow. Get a good night's sleep. And then we've got a quote unquote clear run in the following day. Um, I used to always play the victim too. So victim to circumstance, another one, the blame game. Blaming is just one of the worst things ever. It's the, the shittest excuse in the books. If we're blaming, you know, oh, our genetics, we're blaming our past, we're blaming our partner, we're blaming, I don't know, our coach. Like, blame is not ever, I don't think it's ever useful. One of the best things we can do if we want to continually progress is take extreme ownership. Now, I personally do this and I, you know, I highly recommend it. It might not be for everyone, but everything's my fault. No matter what happens, even if seemingly it's not my fault, somehow it's my fault. And although this might seem a bit self-deprecating and, and maybe it puts a lot of pressure on, but actually it's quite freeing because you really lock in that control. Because if you're blaming outside circumstances, you're just literally giving the control away to someone else then who's going to save you if you're blaming others and you're expecting others to save you when at the end of the day, if you're in control, which you are, you are the one that's going to save yourself from maybe past poor habits that keep coming back up, maybe past reactions to life circumstances. So take that extreme ownership and the stories we tell ourselves too. like I was speaking about this with a friend the other day too, where I've been expelled from two schools, wasn't really going anywhere in life, thought the only roles that I would be able to have would be an office worker or a tradie. I chose a tradie, realized on day one, I absolutely hated it. I sucked at it too. I had no interest in building things. I'm the world's worst handyman ever. Like if there's an issue, not that I have a home and I'm actually homeless at the moment, but if there was an issue in my house, I wouldn't even bother trying to fix it. I would just Call someone up, you fix it, I'll give you money um, because I suck at that stuff. And because I you know, stacked proof that I sucked and because I was told from my teachers that I sucked and I wasn't going to do, do great and parent-teacher interviews were always like, yeah, Rick's not going anywhere, he's not going to last long, blah, 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 which I didn't. But that belief made me not want to fucking try anyways. And I'm, I hope it's not something that you've gone through because it does suck. And it's something to constantly deal with, that constant feeling of not being good enough, which is both a curse and a blessing because it's helped me to push myself to prove those you know, teachers or people that doubted in me wrong. And just because maybe you aren't the best in one endeavor doesn't mean you can't be amazing in another. And if I had to just believe that I'm not gonna achieve much, 
I would have just stayed as a tradie because it's like, why try? I'm going to suck at everything I do. But then I took the risk, thought, fuck it, let's go into the fitness industry. And still to this day, one of the best things I've ever done. And even though I work way harder, way longer than I did as a roof plumber, it's definitely way better for me as like a, a mental health thing my purpose in life how i feel day to day with what i do for my life and it all paid off and then now because the success that i've achieved proving that i can actually be capable of something it carries over to all other areas of life so eventually i got better at doing these things and that's mainly the tail of the tape here and i really do hope this helps you moving forward so the method is the lro method life response outcome so how are you responding when life doesn't go your way things aren't going to plan are you just basing it on how you feel in past are you basing it on the short term just thinking about how this is unfortunate this sucks i'm just not going to try work through it where the lro method is basically where we have that middle ground so life happens to us and then outcome but that's not the case. Life happens to us, then we have this middle ground where we're still in control. We can make the decision to still align with our goals, still be the best version of ourselves. So these are things that, for example, like in past, if I got injured or sick, I'd be like, fuck, this sucks. I'm just gonna, you know, not eat. I'm just gonna, you know, stress out about it and be like, far out, why me? Play the victim. Where I could have just been like, okay, I'm sick, I'm injured, what can I control? I can rest up, I can make sure my nutrition's on point, I can still get my steps in. Okay, maybe my appetite's not super high. All right, what can I do to work around this? Can I just blend up, you know, a thousand calorie protein shakes and just sip on them? Yep, absolutely. And that way I can load in some fruits in there. I wouldn't blend veggies. I'm not like um, fellow No Limits coach Anthony who blends his veggies, but, um, I wouldn't just play victim now. Be like, okay, just chill out, get some good nutrition in, make sure your sleep's on point, you know, add in some vitamins and minerals to help with my immune system. And then what you realize is you actually recover much quicker. And then when you return to the gym, you're much fresher. Where if you just play victim to circumstance, you base it on emotion, uh, I'm not feeling that hungry, I'll just eat fuck all. Then you come back to the gym, you feel like shit, and then it just drags on for weeks. And then I used to play the victim with my genetics. Like, yes, I feel like I've made some great progress over the years. I also have been training since I was 15 years old. I'm currently 27. But when I started out, I definitely was on the lower echelon of genetics. And I remember training with my friends in the gym. We all first started training. All my mates would just grow way quicker than me. And then I'll just constantly be like, well, what the hell are they doing that I'm not doing? Like, how come they're growing so much more than me? And unfortunately, genetics can play a role here. Now, I could have easily just been like, oh, fuck, my genetics suck. What's the point? I'm not going to try. But where's that going to get you? Like, at the end of the day, who gives a fuck? And what I've done is use that to my advantage. Be like, all right, my genetics maybe aren't the best. Maybe I'm not just going to accidentally end up on the Mr. Olympia stage. So... What can I control? Well, I can be extra diligent in my routine. I can be extra diligent in my discipline. 
make sure that I'm on top of things, learning more so I can get every little 1% or a progress out. And, you know, I made some great progress. And I think that mindset completely transformed things. So our perspective is what really determines how far we go. So maybe you might feel that. Maybe you might feel that your genetics aren't amazing. Maybe you feel like you've been dealt a bad card because your parents maybe gave you, you know, hips like me and narrow shoulders like me. But regardless, you can still achieve an amazing physique. You can still be very, very confident with your nutrition. You can still get ridiculously strong and it's all in your control. So I think one of the best things you can do is just be the best version of yourself you can be. And this ended up helping me become a better coach. Because let's say I had amazing genetics and I was just one of those influencers that just posted ad photos and didn't really give any value other than, hey, look how jacked and shredded I am at the beach in Dubai, for example. <laughs> and, um, you know, if that was me and I just like was like that all the time, I maybe wouldn't push myself to learn as much as I possibly could. I maybe wouldn't be as good of a coach being empathetic to individuals that maybe are similar to me. So it's like, as always, the worst things that happen to us end up being some of the best things that happen to us. And I think me not having the best genetics in the world has ended up in me being a really great coach. And I'm definitely a way better coach than I am as a uh, bodybuilder or hobby builder, that's for sure. Um, I used to think, like I mentioned before, I wasn't smart enough because of the pressure well, not pressure, or because of the circumstances being expelled from two schools, not trying, and basically being told that you're just going to be a bum, pretty much. And, you know, whenever I'd go out partying back in the day, when I was going through the party boy stages, then I would just get home, not eat, not eat the following day because I felt like crap, and then just eat a you know whole pizza the next night, when I could have just been like, all right, if you want to go out, cool, except that there's going to be some trade-offs there. And this is something that I recommend to clients a lot and you know maybe it's something that, that might help you. Because oftentimes, if we're going to night out, oftentimes we will focus on what we do that day and that night. And then we leave ourselves open for chance and leaving things to chance as always is an amateur move the following day. So my suggestion oftentimes is like, yeah, like if you're going out, cool, I'd recommend planning ahead, adding in the drinks you plan, you think you're gonna consume in my fitness bowl, then add a couple more just in case, cause you never know, your friend might buy you a couple shots that you didn't plan for, and then work the rest of your meals around it. Super simple, easy as, your plans ahead, you get to go out, good times. But then what's most important is that we make sure we got our meals ready to go the next day. So we're well fueled, put the meal prep meals at the front of the fridge so they're very accessible. Sorry, I'm gonna pause this because the blender in the background you might be able to hear. Apologies, that is my fault. I got one of the girls at the guest house onto my protein ice cream recipe and she's been having it just as much as me. If you're in a deficit phase, in fat loss phase, and you would like a hack, I think I already mentioned it on the Hunger Podcast, but uh, basically 200 grams of ice cubes, 200 grams of frozen berries, 30 grams of whey, like 150 to 200 ml of water or like a, a low calorie milk of choice. Blend that until your family or your partner yell at you or you feel like the blender is going to explode. And then it just 
rises up, thickens up, and you eat it with a little mini teaspoon. As always, I recommend in a fat loss phase. And um, it's amazing, super low calorie. You don't even need to put the frozen berries in there if you didn't want to. It can literally just be a protein shake that is basically ice cream. So that was the blender, my apologies. So like mentioned, you know, the outside circumstances, well, the, the circumstances that happen to us, for example, going out partying, that's our choice. But our response could be planning ahead for that day and night and then planning ahead the following day. And then on that night, that also might be instead of just going with the flow and then maybe ending up at the afters and just sitting around a table and then realizing far out why have I done this and the birds are chirping in the, the background. That gives me shivers thinking about it. Um, maybe calling it, having like a time that you're like, all right, I'll aim to get home at this reasonable time. And even if it means that you just got to put up with a little bit of shit from your mates when you say like, no, nah, I'm going to bail, I'm going to boot, I've had a good time, catch us later, have fun at the afters. That way you still get somewhat of a decent sleep. Yes, alcohol and if other enhancements are utilized will affect your sleep quality 100%, but that way at least you won't be as rat shit the following day. Um, so when we are faced with these circumstances and when you are faced with these circumstances, because they're always going to come, Life's always going to give you obstacles. Think about this LRO method. So life, response, outcome. Slow down. Don't just take whatever your first reaction is because that will likely be your monkey brain. Our monkey brain is very reactive, very emotional, and doesn't think logically. And it's usually the things that we maybe snap and maybe say a comment to a loved one or a partner or a boss that we later regret. That's usually when our monkey brain takes over. So slow down, take a deep breath, because oftentimes when we are reactive and we react in ways that end up regretting later on, we're probably not focusing on our breathing and we're probably just rushing and just doing the first thing that comes to our minds. So take a deep breath, relax, think logically, and then focus on keep moving forward. Something that I like to always think about when things don't go my way is sweet, like I'm in control, these things happen, and then also like, what would this decision move me closer to the sort of person that I want to be or further away from the sort of person I want to be? And that little decision that just stopping, taking a deep breath, will this move me, move me closer to who I want to be or further away from who I want to be has helped so many crazy fucked up situations that happened in my life. Like, you know, being caught at the border, not being allowed to fly into another country because my passport got wet, um, plenty of us falling in the pool when I'm walking around it, almost killing the dog, throwing her up really high and her leaning on the bed. And <laughs> those are just some similar circumstances that happened recently. Um, but that's what I do. Slow down, take a deep breath, think logically, keep moving forward. And it might not be ideal. And oftentimes life is not ideal. And just because things aren't perfect doesn't mean we still can't progress. And I think that perfectionist mindset, although I like it, I like the idea behind it, like aiming to push ourselves to our true potential and being extra dialed in with our routine and our lifestyle. But then also having that understanding and awareness that things won't go to plan, I think is the magic solution where you can still keep moving forward, striving for perfection, but accepting that no matter how small progress is, it is still progress. So life is rarely ideal. By thriving through the chaos, you sharpen the sword for future progress. And that way, when future obstacles come your way, 
you're like, yeah, I got this. I got over like this past situation that was messed up. So why would this one be any different? So then you'll continue stacking the proof that you're capable and no matter what comes your way, you know, if you can get through a brutal leg day and your motivation to train is like a three out of 10, mate, you can get through bloody anything. So using that as proof that you got what it takes and those leg days when motivation to train are the best because they solidify that you're not just going to shy away from discomfort as always the more we proactively seek discomfort the greater our outcomes are going to be we face that short-term discomfort for long-term gratification rather than just seeking comfort in the short term and then later on dealing with the pain of regret so choose your pain the pain of discipline or the pain of regret so keep stacking that undeniable proof you have what it takes to keep moving forward so when life tests you Believe in yourself, you're capable of much more than you think. And I hope today's podcast has helped if you are facing any future obstacles over the coming days and weeks. I hope you're not, but I know you're capable and I know you've got what it takes to go overcome these. And I hope the LRO method helps you. So life, response, outcome, always remember you're in control. No matter what happens to you, there's that middle ground where you can still keep moving forward and keeping on on the journey to becoming the best version of yourself which is the goal of today's podcast to help you continue on that journey keep leveling up keep smashing the progress so i hope you've been having a great day so far hope you have a great week in the gym and i'll speak to you soon thank you